Hey guys, this is Tim Shorts of Gothridge Manor. It's Sunday afternoon. I did a podcast earlier, but I'm doing one now, and we're gonna I'm gonna put together a uh, dungeon. Uh, I know Trey was not Trey. Uh, che was doing one the other day. I told him he should do his, and I've been. It's funny. A few. It was must have been a few months ago. I had a. It was either a podcast, a video, or me doing this thing, and I and I never got around to doing it, and then I lost it, of course, because that's what I do. So, but you're gonna hear lots of nature sounds. I got both hounds out out with me. I'm on the back deck uh, with some stack of books ready to do this. I'm gonna try to divide this up into different sections, so everybody, so if you if you don't want to listen to a certain part or you know if you get bored i understand this is going to probably take a while it's probably going to be one of my longer podcasts i've ever put out there so hopefully it'll be interesting enough for folks to uh stick around so what i'm going to do is uh, i'm gonna going to go through the books that i'm using and uh we'll start there Hey, a quick warning to my players, though, that are out there that might be listening to this. Yes, if you do listen to this, you probably will get insight into tomorrow's adventure. However, I have been known to completely change things around anyway. So, but uh, if you are in my game, guys out there, Sean and Eric and or Shane, Eric and uh, Joe and Alex and even Matt even though you're not playing and everything you have been warned so you know if, turn away sort of like those warnings in the in those modules if you're going to play in this adventure read no further than we always read further All right, so this next segment, guys, is going to be about what you, what what I'm using to create this adventure. Uh, I'm just right now. I'm using a sketch, kind of a large size sketchbook, uh, some pencils, eraser. I'm using my Titan dice. Those oversized size dice that I just got a little bit ago. Love those things. There's a lot of fun. The box is wonderful too. Uh, iced tea that Ivy just got me, and then some of the books that I'm using right now is I have two of the Monster Geographica by Expeditious Retreat Press. Uh, I have Forest and Underground. There's five total, but the Forest and Underground I think will be uh, the most suitable for what I want to do right now. And, uh, and I love grabbing different books all the time because I have so many monster manuals. I try to grab a different one every time I make an adventure or something like that so can't always do just a straight monster manual theme folio yes you could so the other thing I have is I have the players advantage series goods and gear the ultimate adventures guide by Kenzer press wonderful book wonderful 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 book it is got just about anything you could ever ever imagine and it is the ultimate adventures guide to uh just stuff and then what i like to use this for is for just different things that the players may find in the dungeon so instead of let me let me just open up to a random page here so instead of just finding a sword they could find um well a lot of something something i can i can pronounce a carp's tongue i don't even know what that is carp's tongue is a straight double-edged Rena Raziz blade of unguarded hilt, disc-shaped pommel. Its blade narrows dramatically near the tip. The hilt is sometimes painted as a fish, with the pommel serving as the tail. Weird, but that gives me an idea of making a fish sword. So stuff like that. Yeah, it's cool. So yeah, this one, guys. If you go looking for it, uh, don't look for it on eBay or or Amazon or anything. They tend to gouge on there i think it should still be on sale at uh, lulu and uh it's worth it go go you know if you have a chance go grab it uh the other one i i grabbed for just some random tables i don't use it a lot but every once i just like to have it by my side is the ultimate toolbox by a a e g and this thing the ultimate toolbox basically it's just filled with like d20 tables about tons and tons of stuff Usually for this kind of book, I like I prefer to have it on PDF because you can click the uh, t- 
table of contents, and you can just go right to that bookmark spot. Where this one, you kind of have to thumb through it to find it, but it's not too bad. But I'll bring that out just for maybe some random inspiration. Another one I like to, there's two here that I like to use, and one is uh, the GM's Miscellaneous Dungeon Dressing, and the other one's GM Miscellaneous Wilderness, Wilderness Dressing, both by Raging Swan Press. Uh, I have the Pathfinder version for the one, and I guess the other one's just System Neutral. They, I don't, of course, use any of the stats in it, but they're kind of nice to have. There again, for inspiration, I tend to use these ones a little bit more than the Ultimate Toolbox, but both kind of sit side by side with me on this, with my desk where it's an arm's reach. Like I have one small bookshelf right next to me that's for books that I use a lot, and all these books that I'm mentioning usually are on that side. Uh, the other odd one out of the group is called The Lesser Key to the Celestial Legion by... Don Stroud and the second guy, I can't remember what his name is, James A. Pazanel Jr. Uh, it was a Kickstarter a few months back. And oh, let me, it's from Psy, Psychota Press. Psychota Press, Psychota Press, something like that. Um, what it is, is it lets you develop religious heralds and and rights and different things it's it's a cool book i mean i'm always a fan of stuff that don puts out but when he doubled it up with something of you know along my interest definitely got into that kickstarter and again it's called the lesser key to the celestial legion go get it it's it's uh definitely worth worth the time and last but not least with book wise is the Adventure Design Desk Book, Myth Mirrors Adventure. And this is the predecessor to Matt Finch's uh, Adventure Design Tome. This is just a paperback version. It's 44 pages. I like bringing this one out instead of pulling out a big book. I got enough big books out here right now. And it's nice. It has the first section of the book, the one I use the most anyways. So I grabbed that one too. And I, I don't know if this one's still for sale or not. It might be on the Myth Mirror been a long time since I've, I've been on that site but it's definitely worth grabbing um i like it i, I didn't get rid of it just because i bought the adventure design I, I like these little paperback books too they're nice to, to haul around so all right and that is all the books and stuff i have now onto the maps All right, guys, the next part of this is going to be the maps I'm using. I have a, I have an overall map of the region that I use, and it's cut up into six hex, or six-mile hexes. And uh, this one is in within one of those hexes, but I kind of drew an area map. It's not, a, it's not of the entire hex, just of the immediate area. And what it is, guys, is it's in a really dense part of the forest, very hard to travel through. There looks like, the way I drew it, there's a, like a creek running into it and a creek running out of this craggy hill where the, the adventure site is, the dungeon adventure site is. But all around it are a bunch of barrows left from the Northmen. And they kind of, uh, the party doesn't really know what's going on with those quite yet. Uh, they've been warned about them. The guide has warned them about them. So we'll, we'll see what they do with them. But uh, what I've drawn is another three maps with different levels of the dungeon. Actually, the fourth map is a scatter map. Basically, what that means is I've drawn four, and I'm probably maybe going to draw a fifth one on it here soon. I've drawn three maps on there. I've started drawing a fourth, and then possibly a fifth one, but maybe just four on this one of some detail. So what I want to do today, guys, is I thought maybe if I could just populate the top rooms and the top, the, there's like, it's a four areas, but then there's like a 2A and a 3A, so I guess it's six overall. So those are the maps I'm using. They're all hand-drawn using Micron pens. Uh, I think they turned out pretty good overall. Um, so that's what I'm going to start with, with there, and then we're going to move into the background next. Okay, guys, so let's talk about the background of this place 
first. Now the way I have it, because the Northman borrows are there, that is definitely um, going to have Northman influence in it. I just, like I said, I'm not really sure if this is going to be a Northman structure or not. I'm thinking maybe like the first layer maybe or first second layer. I'm not sure. I'm kind of hedging my bets on that because I'm kind of tempted to make it dwarven in a way. Actually, I am going to make a dwarven. So scratch that Northman stuff. I'm going to make a dwarven like a dwarven layer that used to be connected to their their home world. Now, for those of you who don't know about my my campaign, this is the Comor Forest campaign and a quick uh, overall thing. The dwarves were the, the first race you served the giants that uh, ruled the world. And then the, the younger, well, then there was like a, a uh, giant started fighting or whatever. Anyway, what it came down to is the, the doors after a while came back up to the surface and but there was all these other races there now that weren't there before. They had kind of hidden down underground and basically learned how to live there forever. And um, when they came up, there was humans, there was doors, there was halflings, not doors, elves and that running around. And they saw, basically they saw these people taking over what they once, what was once there. So they tried to take it back. Well, they didn't do so well. So what they did is they contract, contracted basically with demons. Now demons they've had quite a bit of experience with because of their extensive tunneling and digging. And they, they specifically had people set aside that were called dark dwarves that dealt with the demons directly they had experience with them and they were even you know kind of even though they were, were tainted and very difficult to deal with at some parts they were deaf you know what they needed to to be to make it work well when the war started and everything the dwarves allied themselves with the demons to help beat up all these upstart races well at first, it started doing well, and then it didn't go so well, so the, the demons turned on the doors, and then the doors just got devastated. I mean, there are there was very few doors left after the war. They were basically scattered. But what also also happened was, is the demons also took the dwarven, like, like basically what you want to call, like, homeworld underneath. All their, they, they went into the abyss. So... There's remnants of what's left. So what I'm going to say is this dungeon is part of that upper half of that dungeon, that uh, dwarven layer up there, and um, and it, you know so it goes down to where their homeland would be. So yeah, I like the idea of that. All right, so there we have the background. So now we're going to start. Uh, developing what do we got next we're going to do some ran random encounters next figure out what those are all right my pups are all wound up for some reason i'm not really sure why so there might be some barking or general hound chaos wiggy's like or bugs like got her snout way up in the air smelling something I don't smell anything. Now, Wiggy's doing it to both sides. <laughs> uh, dogs. So, all right, let's, let's do a quick random table. Now, what I like to do for my random tables is I like to do a 2D6 table just to give it a little bit of a rarity and common rarity and, you know, so on. Um, just I'm going to do it real simple. I'm not going to get into too many details about uh like like what i usually do for random things i kind of try to make them a little bit more unique or almost like adventure ready type things but these ones i kind of just want to have just want to make a quick list of things that can happen or who they could meet or events because i don't like it just to have be monsters because i like to have positive things on a random table also or like thing like maybe they find something or something happens some sort of event and that so since we're gonna start the the guys on the outside I'm gonna start from with the forest um, graphic guys and I'm gonna just use this one and, and use it because these now these are not gonna be in any other place because these are all unique to this so they're gonna be weird uh, encounters in a way 
So, so what I want to do for, I guess, the common ones I'm going, going to fill out is the ones I know that are going to be around there. There's going to be Northman Zombies. And then there's going, and I'm going to say that they're, for those ones, it could be anywhere from, we'll just say 1d6 plus 3 because I like to have a few more than normal. And in the eight spot, I'm going to put Northman right, Whites. So it adds a little bit of tension. So if the players get hit, the way I do the experience points is, or the drain is I do it by experience points, D6 times 100 experience points. So for that one, I'm going to put 1D4. And that. So I need something for my sixth slot that should be somewhat common. Um, I'm going to put, because the shadows are fairly thin. So I'm going to put a shadow. I do like the shadows things and I'll put a 1d4 shadows <coughs> those things are get tough especially in the real dark uh, heavy overgrown forest and um, so we have our middle section so let's just let's check out what we, I'm gonna open it up and we have and I'm flipping through here we have a wood giant yeah i like that so what i'm going to do since it's a it's a, it's actually looks like a giant giant thing all right i'm gonna put my phone down here hopefully you guys can hear me all right so we got a wood giant and what i'm gonna do so i'm gonna put down the page number so when i go to print this up or write this up i know exactly where it's at in the forest one so all right, so we got number two done. That's yeah, that's a big boy. It's uh, on here. It's seventy-eight hit dice, used weapons and everything. This is done in in um, third, I think third edition of three point five, something like that. I'm not really sure. A shock beetle. I like the sound of that. I'm gonna put that one up on number five there. Shock beetle. All right. Looks like they're they're on page forty-six. I'm gonna have let's see how many do they have appear on here. Oh, is there a number of appearance? No, they don't have a number of appearance. Okay, so they're, they're I'm gonna say they're four hit dice. So I'm gonna say I'm gonna say two d four of those. I'm using a lot of d fours, Matt. Sorry. Ah. All right, and then we have. Let's, I'm gonna go over here and a leaf trapper. What is this? Leaf trappers are instinctual, immobile hunters, growing in forests, typically near water. The camouflage allowed them. Oh, I like this. Leaf trappers vine slam the victims and position them on top of the leaves. Ooh, I'm, I'm gonna gonna make it a rare one, but I'm gonna put it. I'm gonna put it in number three. Leaf Trapper. That's what's so fun about doing these, um, using different monster books and everything. Sometimes you find some interesting. It sounds like a trapper, but with the camouflage of a leaf on top of it. All right, so for number four, what I'm going to add in there, because it's not going to be in the monster manual, is, is I'm going to add that, that they they run into like an adventuring group. Another, because this place is <coughs> gonna have other adventuring groups in it, possibly. And that. So let's see. We got now. Oh, we got some fauna here. That's cool. Oh, we got a vampire rose. Definitely. I'm gonna put that. We got nine, ten, eleven, twelve. I'm gonna put that at the eleven slots. Vampire rose. And we'll say that there's. What do you think, guys? Let's see. Vampire rose looks like normal white rose bushes and are often mistaken for such. Typical vampire rose bush stands about three feet tall and has many branches. Uh, it says 2d4 on there, so, or is it 2d4? No, 2 to 4. Okay. We'll do 2 to 4 appearance there, and that is on page 76. Cool. All right, three more to go, guys. Um... 
Oh, for number nine, you know what? I'm just gonna put random, uh, random equipment, because I'm like I said, there's gonna be people who, who have gone through this place before. There's adventures around, so sometimes they're gonna lose equipment. They're gonna, you know, they'll die or whatever or something like that. So, uh, for number nine, random equipment, and I'll make it actually a just like a probably a D6 table, what they possibly could find random equipment so now we only have two left to go and we're, what is oh, that's a bit too much now we're getting into really really high-end ones here oh you know what the book set up oh I just noticed the book the book is actually set up by challenge level so the lower end ones are in the front and the higher end ones from the back I was getting all the way to the back and I'm like holy crap those are really tough and yeah, you got 40 hit dice, gargantuan, a humbubba forest guardian. Should I throw a humbubba forest guardian? 40 freaking hit dice. Yeah. Joe would shit his pants, I think. All right. Let's get back more in the front middle. Because we don't want the adventurers to die outside the, the dungeon. We want them to die inside. At least that's, my, that's what I'm using. Oh, there's another beetle. I kind of, I kind of like having some stuff. And then let's see, there is the impaler beetle. Uh, sharp growth. Okay, let's do impaler beetle. I like that. Have lots of beetles in my forest. And it looks like there are <sighs> got a lot of bugs out here right now. Um, I'm gonna say that there's. 2d6 of them. Why not? They're on page 16. And last one, guys. We need a rare one. So I'm going to go more in the middle back of the book. Get something juicy back there. I guess you guys can hear the plane above. We got an airport just right nearby us. It's one of those one airports that don't. It's just local traffic. It's nothing big. Back in the days, there when they used to have a lot of tool and die companies, they used to, all. It was a fad there for a while. That each one of them had their own jets. Not that you guys need to know that, but anyways, a carrion moth. I, I like the sound of that carrion moth. We're, all right, carrion moth, and the lovely happy whisk has made an appearance. No, come on in. Oh, that's fine. And there's we're gonna there's two twelve of those two d twelve. Wait, not two d twelve, is it? Oh, two to twelve. Okay, two d six then. And that's page ninety six. I want to see what these guys do. It's a giant moth whose wings are covered in rippling patterns, seem to form a skull. There's tentacles coming out. Oh yeah, this is oh, this will be a good creepy one for them to counter. Okay. Oh, and they do paralysis also. Yay. All right, guys. So that is our random table. We got it locked in. Like I said, later on, I'll go and flesh this out more. So two, wood giant. Three, uh, leaf trapper. Four, adventuring group. Five, a shock beetle. Six, shadows. Seven, northman zombie. Eight, northman white. 9, Random Equipment, 10, Impaler Beetle, 11, Vampire Rolls, and 12, Carrion Moth. Cool, cool, cool. I love that. Love that list. Alright, so we have a random table, backgrounds, and, um, you know, what the maps are. The map's all done. So, what I like to do next is, before they even get into the dungeon, like I said, there's like a... Um, what do you want to call it? A uh, uh, short adventure crawl, or not wilderness crawl that they have to go through. Now, what I like, the random tables are nice and everything, but sometimes you don't get those. What I like to do, and, and in this case, I do two and six chance in this area. So when they go through, so that's their encounter. So, all right, I want to do some initial, like, events so when the player these are things that i write up i usually do one two three of them 
Uh, and what they are, they are things that could happen, I guess. They're, think of them as set random um, encounters in a way. But I don't know if, if they don't seem like it goes with the game or if the game's running along, definitely don't use them. But they're there for me to pull inspiration from. And the first thing I can think of is uh, like finding the corpse of of Edwin. Challer, Edmund Challer. All right. Now the players aren't going to know who Edmund Challer is and everything like that, but I'm going to make him. Uh, he's wearing the priest of the Great Imbiber, and why I do that because few of the players are. What do you want to call it? Uh, followers of the Great Imbiber. And so that way they'll have that connection with it right away. Just seeing that. Uh, I'll say he uh, I'm going to say it looks like uh, someone insanguinated him. And then uh, there are several puncture wounds all over his body. Do I know why? No, not really, but I think maybe the vampire or that some something else will come up with that. And then list some of his items because you know the players are going to go through his his body for loose change. Now this is where you know it's kind of nice for the players to come on because on him I'm gonna put the the holy symbol of the green biber. I'm gonna make it uh, a wooden one, but one nonetheless. Holy symbol for the green biber is a tankard anyway, so. Um, that's cool. He's going to have a. Uh, we're going to put him in chainmail. Normal chainmail. And we'll give him a. Because in my world, the, 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 the clerics can use whatever weapons their god sees fit. You know, it's not just maces. But in this case, I'm going to give him a staff. I'm going to give him a staff. And I'll have a backpack. And I'll say two day two days rations and just just to give the players a little taste of hope, a little taste of thing. I'm gonna give them a scroll. Give them a give, give them a scroll of cure disease. Ooh, yeah. So that way they'll like that. So this is something you can have the players come you know i'm gonna have come across and everything that's that's one of the things like possibly out in the the other thing i might have them um uh, a pile of zombies and they're already hacked up And I'm going to say they smell of oil. As if someone doused them. So, so yeah, I'm going to leave it at that. I'm not going to explain it anymore. Because sometimes I just like to present the situation without a reason. Why are these zombies um, doused in oil but they haven't been burned yet, you know? So I don't like to answer that. I like to present it and then we go from there. And then let's do one more. We'll do, let's see here. What's a good one? Let's do a random one. Let's pull up something here. 
Uh, I'm gonna use the ultimate toolbox, and we're gonna get, let's see, we're gonna go to let's see. Oh, I switched books. I went back to the uh, um, wilderness dressing from Raging Swan. Let's get a D20 or D100 out. Let them decide what our third little thing that the, the possibly could could hit. I rolled a 15, and on that, staggered layers of rock overhang a shallow, flat ledge. All right. It's kind of boring. <laughs> so what I will do is I'm gonna I'm gonna make a like a bit of a uh, what is it called sinkhole. Um, party finds a sinkhole. We'll make it 20 feet deep and um, that's it. That's all I'm going to do. So these will just be like little details for me to add as the players are going towards the dungeon. So some some events that I always like to do. Like, like I said, it's just kind of help me GM and guide the, make it interesting and keep the, keep the thing going, kind, kind of the adventure going sometimes. So, all right. So we got the three events, finding the corpse of Edwin Ch Challer, um, who also has the scroll of cure disease, which will probably come in, come into handy later. A pile of zombies who are all oiled up, but not in a good way. And the party finds a sink, 20 foot sinkhole. So, all right. Now we get to go into the dungeon itself, the first layer. All right, now we're actually getting into the dungeon itself. So let's do room one first. Now, room, the, I shouldn't say room, it's not exactly room, it's the entrance. So where this dungeon is located, it's located at the foot of a uh, craggy hill, and it's kind of cut right into the base of it. So. What it looks like is there's like uh, worked stone stonework that's kind of worked right into the hill and it kind of funnels into a corridor. But we're gonna take a look at it from the outside, and so we want to, you know, figure out what the entrance looks like. I am gonna keep the entrance fairly simple. So there's not gonna be any statues. There's not gonna be any fanfare or you know script above it that says you know here lies Bubba Jones and he's got a plus three sword that you can't have although that ain't bad <laughs> so we're gonna basically just kind of keep it a uh, generic in a way I'm going to but but because adventures come through here uh, we're going to add at least a little detail. Like we were talking the other day about uh, empty rooms and dungeons and that. And while I have no problem with like an empty room, I don't know. I, I don't know if there's such a thing as an empty room in a way. I guess there could be. But there was there would always be some sort of detail that the players could figure out or use or something like that. Something that should tell the tale of maybe what's going on. Because, I mean, I think when they think of empty rooms... People talk about just being um, no treasure, no traps, no monster. Uh, but you can, but say I have an empty room of all that, but there's like a dented helm with maybe there's a, a, a talon or or a claw still stuck in the stuck in the helmet, and it's all bloody and everything. I mean that would that would definitely even though the room is empty, that thing would definitely gives you uh, details about what, what you might uh, find in here so all right so what I'll do is I'll, I'll just kind of peruse over here in the in the, the dungeon dressing things and just kind of see they have like a dungeon entrance uh, table we're gonna roll on that it's a d100 table we'll just see if it's anything I want to work with 14 the entries show signs of recent cleaning and maintenance. I like that. Okay, that's really good because the rest of this place is pretty You know overgrown and rough so entrances cleared And taken care of I like that It's a good detail so 
and then it goes back into room two there but that's basically that's all i'm gonna have there um you know what let me do one other thing though because i do like sprinkling stuff with equipment and i am going to have a let's see here i'm gonna i'm randomly opening up my uh goods and gear book because i just might have something there and I am going to have let's see I'm going to have a climber's kit outside which is like usually used for 5.5 so climber's kit and what it looks like is it gives like a bonus to climbing so that's fine may not have to work in the details for that but that's okay you can just wing that if we need to or it can just give it to, usually probably just give it a plus one to a climb roll if it's difficult or whatever or be able to climb a wall that they normally wouldn't be able to so yep that's that's uh that's the first room guys so it's uh cleared and taken care of and there's a climber's kit we'll just say that's kind of hung up on one of those things and that will for the players to find you know what the other thing i'm gonna put over no that's that's enough that's enough for that so all right room one's done see that was easy painless i think overall all right so we're moving into room two and this is as a two a room two in a room two a okay and what they're basically what room two looks like it's kind of like a a roundish i don't know what you want to call it an octa what is it called an octa shape eight side shape forgot already blah anyways there's a thing in the middle of it that kind of spins around so it kind of blocks you from going forward this is sort of a kind of a trap room in a way so what it is is if the players players have to get by to get through it's just this big metal thing that works on a cylinder so if they push it one way what ends up happening it's almost i don't know how many of you people out there use a lawnmower but it'll kick back and it'll basically do a whole shit ton of damage and i'm going to describe that there's a lot of like dried blood on the walls um and on the on the metal thing too walls ceiling um, and that the rotator I'm gonna call it because I don't have anything else if pushed to the left kicks back but push to the right it, it you can just kind of keep but you're gonna need a strength roll for that right strength roll which should be easy to do right strength roll can get through okay so it's kind of a trap room but it's an obvious trap room uh, not all traps have to be devious or anything like that and there's really no way to at 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 this area to disarm it however you know you got players that are that really are good at stuff because i i guess i can see them like pouring oil down the middle cylinder to maybe bust the spring or do something along those lines if they come up with something creative you know absolutely let them do it and then the, so and then the 2a part as i would have i think i'll have like uh more more blood of course because that's where the people get spun around to and what else we'll put another random piece of equipment there i'm going to put a maybe a little uh let's do let's just put a dagger there dagger there and I'm going to roll a D20 just to see if there's anything interesting on it or of it. So what I, I'm just making this shit up as I go, guys. It's a normal dagger if it's a blow of 15. If it's a 15 to 19, it'll have something kind of cool on it, something fancy on it. 
maybe even, you know, maybe silver, and if it's a 20, well, we'll make it magical. It's a normal dagger. I got a seven. So there'll be an extra dagger there. Okay, so room two is easy enough done, guys. So basically it's a it's a obvious trap. Kind of like a little blender lawnmower thing there. If the players push it one way, it'll open up fine with a strength roll. If they try to push it the other way, it's gonna kick back. I'm gonna say it's gonna do 2d6 points of damage. That's that's pretty nasty. So that's that won't be too too delicate on their skin so and then on and then on the other side of it there's more blood and a dagger kind of somehow managed to survive the the blending all right now on to room three room three is going to be a little bit more interesting that's when we start getting into the dungeon proper in a way and uh what it is it's a it's a bigger room and it has stairs that lead up to a statue that I tried to draw a star but it kind of looks like an A with feet but <laughs> I'll take it so all right so what I want to do is try to figure out what this room might, may have been for the statue itself I think because it was an old dwarven one I'm going to try to pull in some of the dwarven culture from from that and I'm going to actually make it a uh giant statue we're gonna say it's a, a it's a i don't know let's make it a 12 foot tall statue uh, we're gonna let's make it of a just for the fun of it like a of a almost like a hill giant kind of thing you know kind of pot belly sack over its shoulder kind of as ungrandeur like as possible you know, <laughs> have little flies on it or something like that. Yeah, why not? Sack over shoulder. Uh, and then flies. Carve. To various places. That's fun. Now again, I'm going to roll my d20 here and kind of see what the significance is. I got a 19, so there's going to be something about this statue that uh, it was going to benefit the party. What I'm thinking about doing, okay, we're going to say that there's a secret compartment beneath there, beneath the statue. Okay. Um... And former adventurers there have used pry bars to try to move the statue, but they didn't. Just scratches there. So there's a way to open up the the um, statue move the statue without using prior work because they just couldn't do it. I mean, can you imagine how hard it would be to move a 12-foot granite statue? All right, so I'll tell you what, what, what kind of sounds fun is why don't we make one of the flies a button and they have to push that fly to, uh, to move, uh, to move it. And eh, why not? It's either that or the belly button, but I think I'm going to make it the fly. So, if, one fly. I'll just put it on the belly. One fly on the belly. On the belly. This is the unlocking mechanism. Okay. That's fun. Now, what's in the secret compartment? What do you think, guys? What should we do? What are we going to do with this stuff? Huh? What are we going to do? All right. So, one thing, you know, we're, we're thinking this, this is Dwarven culture. And back then, there would be absolutely no need whatsoever for coins, money. Because there was no markets, there was no sales. So there's no reason why there would be any coins or anything like that hidden beneath there. But there might be some sort of offerings that they, they kept or something for them down there. Why would there be a secret compartment underneath there anyways 
don't know. I don't have to figure out everything, do I? Nah. This is a game. Let's do this. All right. So I'm going to roll another D20 and kind of, it's going to determine what's in the secret compartment. And this is just something I do arbitrarily, kind of helps me determine the value or how I'm going to do stuff. So seven, kind of low average. So what I think they might be, because they probably put some sort of, uh, I'm thinking if it's sort of like a hill giant guy, there'd be like food and um, thing, but I don't think they put food underneath there. Well, we'll just say that they, they put some gems in there. We're going to make some loose gems. And since it was only a, um, a seven, we're going to make, um, uh, we're going to make them 10 silver piece, like gem chips kind of things. Uh, why don't we make them, we'll make them opals. I know what opals are. So, uh, yeah, so a sack of, so let's do, let's see how many are in there, guys. Sack of, wow, 17 of them, though. 17, 17 of them in there. And let's just roll one more time, see if there's anything else in there. Got a six in there. We'll say that there's, uh, we'll say there's one more gem, one gem that's worth, oh, we'll say 100 silver pieces and it's a ruby there we go so give your players a little taste it's not a bad find though i mean they haven't fought anything and that's all that's 270 silver pieces right off the bat so not too bad not too shabby so that's room three and uh we got one room more to go and then we'll be done so on to room four fourth and final room and it's a, it's an offshoot room from the big room with the statue on it and I'll probably probably in room three too I'll probably add a little bit more detail and put, maybe put something on the walls or have some things more descriptions on that but I'll figure that out later on when I do the write-up uh, room four it has a stairwell going down into into the second layer and the second layer is a lot more extensive there's like uh, one two three four five six seven eight 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23. About 23 rooms, give or take. Nah. All right, so room has stairs in it. All right, let's 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 use our bookie. Let's use our book. Let's see what they have for stairs. Let's have, have fun. That's why we bought these damn things. All right, stairs... We got characteristics, experience, dressing, and features, tricks, and traps. Well, let's just go with the it's 226 for the features. I don't want to put any traps on it yet because there wouldn't be really much of a reason to put a trap right there. So, well, the first trap makes sense to me because it kind of keeps people out. It's almost like, you know, a rotating door in a way. Don't go the wrong way. So, it's a D100. Okay. So, stairs, dressing, and features. I got an even 20, and let's see, great cracks pierce the walls and ceiling. All right, great cracks and walls and ceiling. That's cool, I like that feature. I'm gonna roll one more time because I like that one a lot. See if there's any, got a 31. Uh, a rock fall blocks part of the stairs. Someone has cleared part of the debris and it's possible to squeeze past the fallen stones. Fits perfectly. Okay. Partially blocked. Blocked. Looks cleared. For one person. We'll say one. To squeeze through. That's cool. I like that. Okay, so now we got our feature of our dungeon or our things there, our uh, stairs. We got big cracks and then like the it looks like there's a bit of a fall in and enough to squeeze through one more thing. What I want to do though is I want to add I want to add a couple elements though to this room because I think this room needs to start getting into what what the adventure is going to be all about. So what I'm going to do is I am going to do another random table. Let's see what we got here. 
Um, just looking to see what kind of tables they have. think anything I want to add to this here I guess it's got some walls features dressing let's do that one that's 260 let's do that and we'll find something interesting on there for that I gotta get going in guys it's starting to get buggy out here now all right so roll the hundred 71 random piece of pottery or philosophy no, not pottery random piece of poetry or philosophy has been written under the wall I like that okay random philosophy I gotta figure that out that's no big deal though poetry on that okay as you can see, the first level is not going to, there's not going to be a lot of fighty fighty up here. Um, I'm not going to even do a random table for inside the dungeon either because of the thing. Oh, you know what? I'll save that for the end. All right. So in conclusion, guys, so we got we've got our we got our encounters out. Like the outside is going to be kind of nastier than the inside, obviously. Uh, them getting through the barrels and encountering what's going on in the, the forest is definitely going to be kind of might be combat heavy unless they were able to avoid the stuff. But then once they get in the dungeon themselves, really the only encounter in the first um, four rooms on the top level is the. Um, the the tr kind of obvious trap thing so i, I but i like it because like that makes sense to me they, they can get a little bit of treasure and also I, i'm gonna on that on that fourth room they can add a little bit of philosophy or poetry on the wall probably put maybe put something some sort of poetry or some something about what's going down below or whatever and i th i think that'll be fun so that's it, guys. I'm done. I hope I didn't uh, bore the gourds off you. And uh, it was interesting. And again, I hope my players didn't listen to all this because if they did, then spoiled all the fun. But hey, that's the way it goes. And who knows if I'll keep it this way by the time I go inside and write it up. I'm going to kind of just do a, a very rough draft of what to expect for tomorrow's game. So, all right, guys, uh, take care. Roll better than me. And I'll talk to you soon.